that we, we think are true that aren't true, that aren't biblical. And so we've gone through, let's see, we talked about God helps those who help themselves, how that's not biblical. Um, there's one of the big ones for me is that, you know, God wants me to be happy. Oh, that, that one. Everybody's got that one that irks them, right? That one irks me, that God wants us to be happy. Uh, you can be happy. There's, you can have great, great joy in your life. But he doesn't compromise your happiness. He's not, he doesn't compromise your holiness for your happiness. He is concerned with your holiness, not with your happiness. Um, the third one we looked at was we're all God's children. We're all God's children, okay? We're not, okay? Plain, plain and similar. Number four was cleanliness is next to godliness. Sounds good. And we can brow, we can, we, right, Angela? And we can use that one against our kids, help them look. That's next to godliness. But it's not scriptural, so don't tell, don't tell them it's Bible. But you can say that, but don't tell them it's Bible because it's not. Uh, cleanliness is, is next to godliness. That's not true. God won't give you more than you can handle. We looked at that last week. God won't give you more than you can handle. I hear that a lot. God won't, and, the, and that's just not true. You know, really everything in life is more than we can handle. I mean, John getting that phone call. I mean, you're not a believer. That's the kind of thing. Uh, this, this family, these families that last week... One young man is dead and the other's life is, is traumatically changed for the rest of his life. They, that's not something they can handle. Can't handle it on their own. And uh, those families can't handle that on their own. So um, absolutely there's more that, that can come in our lives than, than what we can handle. So tonight we're going to, let me give you a, a preview. Let me give you a preview of some of these that are on here. So we're going to look tonight at the temptation was too strong. I couldn't resist. Okay. Uh, the devil made me do it. Y'all have heard that one. We all worship the same God. Um, well, I don't have the others. I didn't print those out. I've got 14 on the list now. One, uh, someone recommended last week to talk about suicide because there's, there's a belief that a lot of people have that, that with suicide, it's just automatically a person goes to hell if they commit suicide. We're going to look at that. Is that scriptural? Is that true? So we've got a lot of, a lot of things we're going to look at over the next several weeks, I guess. So this has really turned out to be um, a, lot of, a lot of things we can look at and, and deal with from a scriptural perspective. So the one we're at tonight is, so the temptation was too strong. I couldn't resist. So I want you to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We, we, work, we studied through all this. We, we've been working through 1 Corinthians. So we're, where we're at in chapter, we'll be in chapter 16 Sunday, winding down the book at this point. But chapter 10, verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Okay, now that scripture does not say that God won't give you more than you can handle. That's not what the scripture says. No temptation. Let's go back to this. So we're talking about now temptation. This isn't even talking about it's even in talking about a situation like uh, a, a, a loss of a loved one or a, a, a diagnosis. You went to the hospital. I've been having a pain in my side. You go in thinking, you know, you, 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 know, you got a little something of this or that, and you, get a, you hear the C word. Um, I mean, you just, those, that's not exactly what's being t- talked about. Here's talking about temptation. No temptation. When a temptation comes in our life, no temptation has overtaken you uh, except such as is common to man. So 
Any temptation you have, it's been common. There's others that have faced those temptations. The fact is, when Christ was tempted in all ways like we are, and he never sinned. So he showed us that you don't have to give in to sin. You don't have to give in to a temptation. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. And, and here again, it doesn't even mean... This verse really doesn't even mean that there wouldn't be a temptation that you know you'd be like I don't think I don't think I could let that go. But what he's saying is there is a way, but he says, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. So what he is saying that whatever comes in our life, whatever temptation comes our way, he's going to make a way for us to escape that you may be able to bear it. And I think this is a passage that gets confused. It gets mixed up with the idea that God won't allow more to happen to me than I can handle. That's not what the verse is saying at all. And that's not what the scripture teaches us. So we looked at the fallacy. Really, we looked at the fallacy of that last week when we looked at um, God won't give me more than I can handle. So if you want to hear that teaching, go back to the end of last week. That was the last one we looked at last week. Well, I noticed two important parts of this, this empowering verse here. The first is this. God will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear. This tells us that we can have victory over any temptation we encounter. Nothing is too hard to resist. It, it tells us that. We know from this what the scriptures tell us here, that there is no temptation that we cannot be victorious in. So for us to act like, well, the temptation was just too strong. No, maybe you're just too weak. And, and, and that's what we get caught up in is we want to make it like the temptation was something that could not be overcome. we got to realize where the problem comes from. Um, but we can have victory over any temptation we encounter. Nothing is too hard to resist. Galatians 5 to 16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you want to be victorious in your Christian walk, you got to walk in the Spirit. You know, be filled. we got to be being filled. That, that is an active, ongoing command there, is always be being filled with the Spirit of God. That's really what that, that, that the idea is for us being filled with the Spirit of God. But if we walk in the Spirit, then you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It is when we're not walking in the Spirit. It's when we get away from walking with the Lord that then we, we do fulfill the lust of the flesh. Anybody ever fulfill the lust of the flesh? I'm not asking if you had an affair. That's the you know, first thing that comes. That's not what I'm asking. Uh, but that could be in that. But it's, it could be anything. It could be, you know, you, just, uh, you had a wrong look. You had a bad attitude. You, you, you popped off at somebody when you shouldn't have. I've done that. I, I mean, I, more than I care to admit. James 4, 7 says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will, he will flee from you. So the key for us is this submitting to God. And the second part in is that God will always provide a way to escape. Always. When, when, when we face a temptation, there is always a way of escape. There is a way to escape the situation. Joseph is a great example of this. Remember when Potiphar's wife tried to entice him uh, to sleep with her. Potiphar was away, and she'd ordered all the servants out of the house. You know the story, and Joseph shows up, and things aren't right, and he, he's coming in the house, he knows things aren't right, and he, he, he's looking around, and she's there, and she says, come lie with me. And there's nobody there, and uh, you know, she made it very, very clear what she wanted. She, made it very, she did everything to set the situation where what she wanted could happen, and it would have been very easy for Joseph to give in to that. Look, the offer, if, if, you know, if that wasn't a tempting thing, I don't think it would even be in the scriptures. 
Uh, I think he was probably tempted by that. And, and he wasn't going to give in to that. He wasn't going to betray Potiphar, but he certainly didn't want to betray the Lord. He didn't want to let him down. Uh, the offer was tempting. He was young. He was strong. She was rich. She was beautiful. Uh, but Joseph knew that giving in to his fleshly desires would be a sin against God. And instead of giving in, he took the way out that God provided. Well, did God provide a way out? Absolutely. I mean, the door wasn't locked. He, she didn't have him shackled. I mean, it wasn't like he, he could not get away. There was a way of escape. So when, when, when Potiphar's wife caught him by his cloak, he left, as Genesis 39, 12 says, he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran out. She grabbed him by the coat, and he just shed the coat and took off. Amen? That's a pretty high effective way to escape. Amen? That's the way. I, I, do just get away. Well, let's go back to uh, let's go back to James four seven. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now we're going we're going to jump ahead a little bit because we're going to talk about that other part of this. But the resisting the devil. So when temptation comes, what do you think? What do you think is the is a, is a is a stronger enemy in our life? Our flesh or Satan? Absolutely our flesh. I hear people say, well, the devil made me do it. And we're, we're going we're gonna to look at that. When the devil made me do it, we're going to look at that. But, but our flesh is, is our, gra- it's our greatest enemy because Satan can't make you do anything. This world system can entice you, can bait you, can tempt you, but again, cannot make you do anything. But your flesh, man, your flesh. So this is what you do. You flee. You submit to the Lord. You flee youthful lust. You flee lust. Period. You flee from those situations. Because when Satan, the scripture is very clear, resist the devil. All we have to do is resist Satan. We don't have to flee from Satan. We don't have to run from him. Just resist him. And the Bible says he'll flee from you. So there's great ways to resist him. Through prayer, quoting scripture, you know, any of those things. A lot of ways to, to do that. But a highly, you know, when you, when you face something that is a temptation for you, get away. Get away. Whether it's something with your eyes, whether it's something with whatever. Get away. Flee that if it's a temptation. 2 Timothy 2.22. 2, 2, flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Man, get away from whatever it is. If there's something that's a temptation for you, get away. Put distance between you and it and make more distance. Keep going. Uh, Joseph, you, you think about that situation. Boy, he had a, leaving his coat behind, it brought him a whole lot of trouble. But imagine the trouble he'd have had had he given in to that. We wouldn't be, we would, I don't know, we, we don't probably read this. There, there is no story then to tell if he gives in to sin. His story, I mean, God could still use him, but it ain't, he ain't going to use him the way he did. I mean, he, he had to go through those things. God, man, you think, man, I, I did the right thing and I end up in prison. God had a plan. And we don't see, we don't see ahead. God sees ahead and he's orchestrating all that to do what he did in Joseph's life. As long as we're alive, our sinful nature will tempt us. Amen. Notice the wording in the passage above. It doesn't say if you are tempted. The verse implies that when you are tempted. The the implication is there. It says, but with the temptation. Well, you just got to know you're going to face temptation. We know that. We're going to face temptation. And there's no temptation 
that has, that has overtaken you, except such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Knowing this, we'd be wise to set up a threefold defense before we encounter a temptation. First thing I'd say is memorize this verse. When you, when you face a temptation and you think, man, I don't, I don't know, that $50,000 laying on that table that I could take and nobody would ever know. Just Jesus. No. It's a lie, isn't it, to say nobody ever know? Yeah, because he knows, and you know. But if, there's, if that's a temptation... If that's a temptation, you know what you and you man, you know you're being tempted by that. You need to you need you need to um, you need to be able to quote this verse. You need to lean on that. Oh, there's I'm I'm not a slave to this. I don't have to be a victim to this. I can have victory over this. So memorize that verse. Look for the way of getting away. L- listen, look for the way of getting away, not the way of getting away with it. That's a good line, isn't it? I was writing that out and I thought. Here's what we end up doing. A lot of times people look for the way of getting away with it. Yeah, I'm going to give in and nobody will ever know. They won't find out. I'll get away with it. No, you won't get away with it. You won't get away with it. So look for the way of getting away and then take it. Whatever way the Lord presents for you to get away, get away. Take it. Get away. Run. Amen? All right. Who remembers Flip Wilson? Y'all knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, y'all remember Flip? What Flip Wilson say? The devil made me do it. That was his. I, I remember. That. I don't. I don't know what show that was. Did he have his own show? Okay. So, all you old older people in here that remember that, I just. I was so young. I was so young. I remember it being on TV, but I didn't know it was his show. I just remember seeing him. He wouldn't. He, wouldn't he wear a dress? Geraldine, he would do a skit or something. I just remember him coming. I thought he was hilarious, but I was just a kid. Okay. I had no idea. I just knew I'd seen him. I'd seen him, and I remember him coming out with his little skit about the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. Um, the, the first instance of the devil made me do it excuse was in the, all the way back to the Garden of Eden. That's where it all started. Genesis 3.13, And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. A lot of blaming going on in that garden, wasn't there? There was a lot of blaming. It was, uh, Adam, Lord, that woman that you gave me. That's what he said. That woman that you, So what's he doing? He's not blaming the woman. He's blaming her and God. I mean, it ain't my fault, Lord. It's your fault, and it's her fault. It's her. You shouldn't have given her. You know, he's he he just man. And then she's blaming. And then the old joke was, you know, Adam blamed Eve. He blamed the ser or he blamed the serpent. The serpent didn't have a leg to stand on. So that's I know that's a bad dad joke. But that's the her excuse didn't get her off the hook though, did it? Didn't get her off the hook, and it won't get us off the hook either. That excuse doesn't work for us. And if you look at verse 16, to the woman, he said, I, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your, and your conception and pain. You shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule over you. She didn't get away with it. That excuse didn't, didn't hold water with the Lord. It's true that, now it's true that the devil and his demons tempt us to sin. You can read Genesis 3. 
Luke chapter 4, when the Lord was tempted, 1 Peter 5, 8, we understand that, that Satan is roaming around seeking whom he may devour, that, that Satan and, the de- and, and his demons are working. They want to bring you down. They want to tempt you. But understand this. The devil cannot make you do anything. Cannot make you do anything. So the devil made me do excuses is, is far too often used to excuse our own sinful choices. That's what, that's what happens. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, the devil might have enticed you to do it, but you did it. And you wanted to do it. And, and, and that's what happens. It's, it's our, own sinful, uh, our own sinful nature. Except in an instant of demon possession, the devil cannot make anyone do anything. And very clearly, Christians cannot be demon-possessed. I've had people ask that. Can, can, we be, can a Christian be demon If the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling you, you cannot be possessed demonically. You cannot be. The, the, the Spirit of God's not going to allow that. But for someone who's not a child of God, they're not indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, man, I think there's, there's stuff going on today, and people are opening themselves up for demon, demon possession. Uh, I, I've shared this. I shared this when we were talking about tongues. I think it's a dangerous thing for people who... who I met someone the other day here in Geneva. I met someone Sunday morning, actually, here in Geneva. And they, and they told me, they said, I've heard about you. And I told them who I was, and I was pastor here. And they said, I've heard about you. And I went, oh, boy, I wonder what this is going to be. She said, no, I've heard good things. I've heard good things from the church. Things are good. She said, but, you know, I don't like... I'm, I, y'all just too laid back for me. I like all that. I like all that holy roller stuff, and I like all the tongues, and, you know, I just want to feel close to God. And that's a dangerous thing when we are driven by our emotions. And there are a lot of people who, who don't... They, listen, they're, they're seeking to be close to God through something like that, like getting in a prayer closet and speaking in tongues or inviting something to speak through them. And they don't have a relationship, truly have a relationship with Christ. It's a dangerous, dangerous place to be doing that. You are opening yourselves up. You know, and, and you, you know, we can't be demon-possessed, but we can be demon-oppressed. And so Christians need to be careful what they get involved with. Christians get involved with horoscopes and, and playing different games. And I remember, listen, I was a, when I was a kid, anybody ever seen a Ouija board? My, my brother had a Ouija board in the house when he was, he was six years older than me. He had a Ouija board in the house when I was probably seven or eight years old. That's not stuff to, to dabble with. Any of, the, any of those things, we, we've got to be very, very careful. In fact, this is how careful we have to be. We went to Cancun, Mexico on our honeymoon. And you remember when we went to Chichen Itza and we bought the little carving? It was a little totem pole carving. And I had that in our house for a long time. I, was re- I read something one time and it was talking about how those things, you can bring demonic presence in your house through, through stuff like that. That's out. That's gone. You know, honeymoon souvenir, boom, that's gone. That's gone. Honeymoon's over. Honeymoon's over. <laughs> I, that, that was why we had all those, those problems. Um, we got... You, you, we cannot be possessed, so, uh, but others can be. So the indwelling Holy Spirit were not allowed. Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. Ephesians five eighteen: Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, as a, as a child of God, we are, we are filled with, with the Spirit of God within us. And we need to be being filled with the Spirit of God on a daily basis. 
And uh, so therefore the devil and his demons cannot control a believer. They cannot make us do anything involuntarily. You know, I think folks must have the idea that in the garden, you know, Satan crammed up whatever the fruit was, crammed it in, in Eve's mouth and, you know, made, ah, here, bite this! And he made her chew it up or whatever. No, it wasn't that at all. He didn't, because he didn't have to. He was subtle. Twist scripture. Hold things out. Don't tell the whole truth. Make you question, did God really say? Denial of the scripture. Doubt in the scriptures. Deceiving things. And, and next thing you know, she's going to from we're not that, that's the one thing in this incredible vast garden the one thing over there that you don't even need to look at you don't need anything to eat there's there's no reason at all to pay any attention to that fruit you got everything you could imagine but he's got her looking at what the fruit boy you know that's really that's really beautiful fruit it just looks like it would taste so good. And he says, you know, if you eat it, you'll, you'll be like God. You'll have this great knowledge of right and wrong. You'll be like God. And then she desired it. It was, it was desired. So he didn't, he didn't have to make her do anything. She went over, picked it, and ate it. And gave it to Adam. Adam, like most of us men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey, I ain't going to throw it all on the women. We're, we're not too bright sometimes. But y'all do that to us. Y'all, y'all have that influence over us. Y'all do that. Y'all just make us dumb. We get dumb. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Let's just move along, okay? So rather than blame the devil, we need to look at the real problem. And what's the real problem? It's ourself. We're the problem. And we, we, can, we can blame anybody else. You can, you, listen, this blaming others for our sin is, is, is um, you know what? It goes all the way back to that. It's, it's, it's not what we should do. We have to own our sin. And um, we're the problem. So James 1.14 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So what that means is, you know, I've shared this before. You can't be tempted by something you don't already have an issue with inside. Right? Okay. So I can tell you, it's talking about the money. The, you, you could put a million dollars on a table down here and it could be just totally black pitch pitch black and I could if the lights went out and I knew I'm telling I knew nobody in here would ever know I can tell you with absolute integrity 100% integrity in my heart that wouldn't tempt me in the slightest bit but there are other things that that are struggles for me and each person's got their own struggle you've got something in here so so each one is tempted when he is drawn away by what? His own desires. So it's what's there. It's already what's there. You know, when, when you, can you, anybody ever fish for catfish? All right, so catfish is lazy man's fishing. So 
I mean, when I, you know, we, that, the scuba diving is a lazy man's sport. You know, you go down and you float around. It is. You just float around. I do it. That's what they tell you. You don't want to work hard when you're scuba diving. You just want to float along. But catfishing is really lazy because you put a liver, you, you wrap liver in nylon stocking, and it's what we used to do as a kid. And you throw the hook through it, and you throw it out there, and you just wait on it, the old catfish to come get it. But that's all you're doing is you're doing this right here. They do fight. That's a good, that's good input there, Mike. They do fight. I like fighting them catfish. But you don't have to do anything. You, know, you don't have to work it. But here, because, because what's happening is you're throwing out there what you know they like. That's the thing they like. They, they, it ain't hard to entice them because... because I mean, it's, that's what you're doing is you're enticing them with the thing they already struggle with. Now, Satan is not all-knowing, but his, his minions are watching you. They're watching you. They're watching your life. And I promise you, they got a notebook full of, here's Ann's problems. Here's, here's what she likes. Here's what is a... A temptation for her. This is what what we can entice her. And what Satan will do is just throw the liver on the hook and throw it out there and just sit and wait. Because he's putting out there what he knows it will entice you. And so we're tempted when we're drawn away. And that fish, you throw the bait out there, that fish is safe somewhere, but that bait's out there now. His own desires pull him, entice him, and draw him out. And when enticed, then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So what happens to that fish? And then he's in a frying pan. Right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah. Why do we sin? We sin because we are sinners. That's why we sin. Shared, you know, we, we don't become a sinner when we sin. We are sinners. We're born sinners. And we, and we sin because we're sinners. Same reason a dog barks. You know, a dog barks because it's a dog. A dog doesn't become a dog when it barks. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's a, it became a dog. It's not like that. It's a dog. And it barks because it is a dog. We sin because we're sinners. And we're, we're plagued by and we're infected with sin. Go back and read Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 23, and you'll see there just the sin that is, is in us. While demonic oppression and influence is real, the real problem is our sinful nature. Galatians 5.19 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the past time, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, think back to what that says. It says, note what it says in, in verse 19, says, now the works of the devil, the works of the flesh, We'd, we'd love to blame all that on the devil. That, the, the scripture doesn't say it's the works of the devil. It says it's the works of the flesh. 
So that's, that's the works, that list there, that laundry, that's, our, that's us. That's, that's what's in us, our hearts. So as Christians, we have the indwelling Holy Spirit to help us overcome sin. 1 John 4, 4, you, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he, is in you, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we can have victory because we have Christ indwelling us. If we are a child of God, there, we do not have to give in to temptation. We do not have to give in to sin. Uh, if we walk in the Spirit, we can have victory. There is a way of having victory. 2 Peter 1, 3, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. If we sin, we have no excuse. We cannot blame the devil. We cannot blame our circumstances. We can only blame ourselves. When we sin, it's, it's on us. It's no, it's no one else's fault. No one else can make me sin. Now, there may be circumstances where then I'm enticed to sin, but when I sin, it's on me. I, I got to own it. And, and it doesn't do any good for me to say, well, you know, you know Gina, I, I know that was wrong, but you made me do it. Doesn't work, does it? I've tried. I've tried. Doesn't work. She says, Whatever. Until we recognize that the problem resides within us, we'll never be victorious. Romans seven twenty. Now, if I do what I will not to, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. There is sin in me. It may sound harsh to tell someone that the problem is him or herself and their own choices. And and you know what? A lot of times people don't like the preacher. I've had people tell me I'm opinionated. I've had people tell me I'm direct and different things, and I I am. But I'm going to tell you what I do. I love you. And and I don't don't think it's love to to, uh, capitulate to sin. I don't think it's loving at all. I don't think it's loving to to act like everything's rosy when there's problems in, in people's lives, and it's problems they're creating with their sin, the choices they're making. And, and I, I'm going to tell folks, and you know what? We'll, we'll, we've had people leave church before. We'll have people leave church again. Because when you deal with, when you deal with sin, you try to help people. It's not that, you know, I don't, I, if I come to you and said, look, here, here's, here's an issue I'm seeing. I'm not, trying to be, I'm not trying to be God in your life. I'm trying to help you get back to God in your life. Does that make sense? I want, to, I want to help you. I don't want to see you making mistakes and, and doing things that are going to hurt you in your, in your walk with Christ. My, my whole desire, I know John's desire and Raymond's desire, is to see this congregation grow in their relationship with Christ. And, and that's, as, as elders in this church, that's our role, that's our responsibility, is to, is to look out for you. And, and to deal with, with those things and help you in those areas. Not just to say, hey, boy, you're just making some terrible choices, but then to walk with you in that. Some would say it's harsh to do that, but it's no harsher than a doctor telling a patient to quit smoking and that the tobacco company is not to blame for their poor health. It's, it's, no, it's no harsher than that. So to find victory, you have to start with a correct diagnosis and then move to the correct treatment. The correct diagnosis is sin. Why do we sin? Why do we fail? Why do we make these mistakes? Why do these things happen? It's because of sin in us. And the treatment is to submit to God and to obey His Word. God can enable us to achieve victory over sin. Romans 7, 24 and 25 says, O wretched man that I am, 
Who will deliver me from this body of death? You know, Paul's like, who's going to help me overcome this body of sin, this body of death? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Um, Jesus Christ has given us victory. 1 John 5, 3 and verse 5, 3 and 4 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're already victorious. And if you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you can be victorious. You do not have to be a victim. You don't have to live a victim. You don't have to live in defeat. I'll share this. Um, I I shared this a couple weeks ago, a week or two ago, about my struggle with my tongue. As a, as a young Christian, um, I was working at UPS, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning, getting about, well, when Gina and I started dating, about two hours of sleep at night because she'd keep me on the phone all night. Gina, I got to go. She, are, you, are you asleep? Huh? No, no, no. Um, but I didn't, I never got used to going to bed early. So I never, I'm, an, I'm, I'm typically stay up later. I never got used to that. So I didn't get a lot of sleep. I'm going to school full time. I'm working there. 30 hours a week, stressed out, all this stuff. But I'm trying, to, I'm trying to grow in the Lord at that time in my life. But I had a lot of bitterness. I had a, a deep root of bitterness in my heart from, for some unforgiveness that I didn't realize I had at that time. But I really struggled with my language. And, man, something would happen at work, and I'd just lose it. And anything and everything you can imagine would come out of my mouth. And uh, I was defeated just defeated. Just, I, I just, I got to where I, I'd be like, I'd go pray and Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I can't believe that happened again. And then it got to where Satan was getting up here going, oh, what are you going to do? Ask for forgiveness again. What well, do you think God's going to forgive you again? Well, you just, you just going to keep on asking. What is that? Just do what you want to do. And, you know, so Satan's up here. And I got to a point where I couldn't even pray. And, and I've, I've heard this phrase of being paralyzed in prayer. And I, I could not pray. I couldn't even go to God. And that's exactly what Satan wanted. And a pastor, one of my, pa- my pastor at the time preached a message on the difference between conviction and condemnation. And man, when I learned the difference between conviction, that draws, when God convicts, he draws us back to himself. That's what he's doing. Condemnation comes from the enemy. And the difference is conviction always draws us to God. Condemnation always pushes us away from God. And so what I realized was this wasn't of God and it was wrong. And so then I, then I confessed it. I remember when I realized that I cannot do this. And I called on the Lord and I asked him. He gave me victory over my tongue. And um, I praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord for that. We've got victory. James 4, 17, submit, uh, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. If you're a Christian and you commit a sin, the devil didn't make you do it. He may have tempted you to do it. He may have even influenced you to do it. But he did not make you do it. It was, it was you that did it. And you need to get that confessed, repent of that, turn from that, and ask God to help you not to, not to, to go down that road again. And walk in the Spirit that you not fulfill the lust of the flesh. we got about four minutes, okay? So any, any questions, comments? We'll be done a little early if not, but questions or comments?
It's great, Brent. Yep. Miss Jeannie? Let's pray right now, okay? Let's. Let's pray right now. Y'all, y'all join join me in prayer for this situation, Lord. We don't, we don't, we don't know anything about the situation that Miss Jeannie is speaking of.